just a bunch of witty bitches. It's my papa. Hey, I'll have a quick. You'll have a quick. We'll put that for a quick. It's just cadals. Pero pepo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 81. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams, joined by... It's the girth that really counts, Hunter Dorset. I'll take that. Oh. Move and along. <laughs> he's all out of measuring tape. It's Max Scott. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> These are good intros. He's trying to distract but, us by who was introduced first, but I appreciate it. I, I think, think you did you. a good job. I yeah, yeah. He, I already he, forgot he, who yeah. it was. <laughs> who was it? You? Was that me? I don't know. I, don't know. I guess we're equal. And we got to throw in some extra beeps because resident Witty Banter superfan Ben Ebig has sent in. He's heralded the call that we put out the other week and sent in his own beeps. And we're going to put him in right now. Beep up, beep up. What'd you guys think? <laughs> Did you like him? Hunter described them as short and sweet. Yeah. I mean, they're both. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Witty Banter reviews beers every week, and today we're going to keep that tradition alive. Hunter, what beer are we reviewing? So today we're reviewing from Funkworks Brewing, uh, the Nelson Savine Saison Ale. It's a single hopped Saison Ale. It has 7.5 alcohol by volume, or percent alcohol by volume. Let me be straight there. And yeah. on, on the website... It says, named after the unique New Zealand hop that has distinct white wine characteristics, this single hop saison has a subtle aroma of gooseberries, honeydew melon, and mm. a hint of spiciness from oh, our... Oh, man. Hunter's ears <laughs> just perked up on them gooseberries. Gooseberries? Getting the Witcher, getting the witcher yeah. references in there. Getting the lilac <laughs> Where's gooseberry the lilac quest. is what I'm asking. Um, bright fruit characteristics carry through from the late hop additions into the flavor with a restrained bitterness. Uh, a little bit more. This this intriguing saison blurs the line between wine and beer. So, sounds like it's going to be fruity with a little bit of bitterness. So, uh, let's pour it up. Try it out. I like that wine descriptor because my first was smelling it. It had a smell that kind of reminded me of like an earthy... Uh, Chardonnay, almost. Yeah, great. I get a lot of fruits. I get a lot of earth notes when I'm sniffing it in the schnoz. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like a white wine. It's like yellow. I could pour this in a wine glass, scoop off all the foam, and trick somebody. I think. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little. It's not as uh, see-through as like white wine might be. It's. It has a little. uh, You know, it's not entirely filtered, but I got a. I got a nice bubbly head. I, I did yeah, that. was really why, why was so much we both got a completely yours. different head going. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> from the looks of it, it looks delicious. From the taste of it, it tastes delicious too. But very like, I didn't know what to say. Like I was almost taken aback. Have you guys tried it? That's exactly my reaction. <laughs> Not very good for a podcast. But his face kind of like reeled back. His chin kind of hit. His, I just got the bubbles his in my neck. Nose, and he, oh, never mind. <laughs> Whoops. That was my reaction from the taste, but I mean, it, it's almost it's very unique. It's very sharp. On first blush, to me, it's just got that tartness that I can't, that I expect from a saison. But this one is uh, fruity and more of like a um, like melon almost, and it's pre- it's quite dry. It's not very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm liking it quite a bit. I think it's I think it's complex. You know, I think I think the smell. 
is, is going to give you a little hint of what's to come in the flavor profile, but I also think the smell is quite different than, than how it tastes, so it's, it's kind of cool. I expected a more straightforward sweetness to it, but you're right. It's really very lacking in that department. It almost gives you like everything else but the sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's odd to describe something as fruity and not sweet, but it kind of is. Yeah. Um, I think it's very crisp. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with there's a little bit of tartness in there, but it's not like it's not like it's a soury feel. It's almost within it. It reminds me of like a very unsweet cider in a way of that sort of crispness. That yeah. sort of like, you know, just, I don't know, sharp flavors that kind of bounce out at you really quick. So, but I'm ready to see this open up a little bit. It tangos on the tongue. I like it. for the way that this drinks and feels is kind of a nice surprise. 7.5? Yeah. Yeah, this does not drink like a 7.5 That is insane, actually. I had no idea it was 7.5. I mean, I know you said it earlier, but I wasn't listening. Right off the bat, (laughs) I'm impressed with this one, guys. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. All right, man. So, (laughs) good episode, guys. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and bounce into the news. This is Witty Banter. Boop, beep, boop, boop. It was fucking pure jazz, dude. <laughs> For the jazz boys. All right. I forgot to throw this story in last week, but it's pretty important that we follow up. Ben Affleck's The Accountant dominates the box office with $24.7 million debut. Wow. Hunter? Damn. Congratulations, yeah. man. Your biopic is really picking up yeah. steam here in I'm the United excited. States. I honestly didn't think I was going to get this many jokes. Like, even in my uh, in my workplace, like, the other the other auditors that I'm working in with, they're like, oh, we got to go watch The Accountant, dude. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is our I time. But, like, yeah. <laughs> I Soak it up, dude. I thought it would just be brushed past. You're only on top of the mountain for a little bit. Live it up. I, I might as well. Oh, man, you know? Finally, yeah, dude. Are, yeah. You're in the cultural mainstream now, dude. Yeah. Every kid is saying to their parents right now, like, Dad, Mom, I want to be an accountant. That looks <laughs> awesome. I want to do that. And they're going to be devastated in like 18 years. But yeah. <laughs> Did you see the way that he stared at that chalkboard? It was incredible. <laughs> so smart, I'm pretty sure. I, I really don't have anything to say because like just the word, that's about sums the it up. word accountant is the only tie that I have to this new story. <laughs> I, we're actually planning on going and seeing it as a work team. Oh well, sometime soon. So there you go. And don't don't forget that everything in its right place well, it might be in that movie. If yeah. it starts out or has everything in its right place somewhere in that movie, I'm just gonna be like, thank you so much. This really <laughs> is for me. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. All right. Next story from IGN.com. Deadpool two director reportedly quit over cable casting choice and style for sequel. Oh no. What does that even mean? Cable casting. Hmm. Cable is a fan favorite character he is the son of cyclops okay but he's depicted because he either comes back from the future or he's like in the future at the time that he's old but the only honestly my only exposure to cable is the marvel versus capcom games okay i never really read marvel comics that much but i didn't realize he was in that that's the only reason why i know who uh dr strange is yeah i know me too that's my only my only ties to marvel are usually the NBC games. My yeah. my Doctor Strange tie is the uh, contest of champions because he's my fucking best character. And that's oh, great. Shoot. But yeah, go on. Yeah, who got cast All as right. Cable? Do we know? Following Tim Miller's departure from Deadpool 2, a report has surfaced specifying the quote, creative differences, end quote, between the director and star Ryan Reynolds that may have led to the split. 
According to the rap, Miller wanted a more stylized sequel, while Reynolds wanted to stay true to the first film's raunchy comedy style. Furthermore, Miller mm. reportedly wanted to cast Bloodline and Friday Night Lights star Kyle Chandler as Cable in the sequel, which, Ry- which Reynolds didn't agree with. In the end, 20th Century Fox sided with Reynolds, prompting Miller to exit the project. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to throw this story in there for some reason. Well... I think it's interesting because at first when I heard it, I was like, "Uh oh, that director probably left because the movie's going to suck now because everybody, you know, the corporate office got their hands on it. The suits got it and are watering it down. But it just sounds like that with sarcasm. But that's like literally your reason for defending like the last three shitty superhero movies. What what, me? Yeah, you. Oh, that's this guy. I don't know how I feel about this guy being being a cable man. But well, you know no. What? It says Maybe. that it says that Reynolds didn't agree with that, and they're not going to go with it, which is why Miller. Oh, okay. Oh. So the guy that was directing it was one of that guy in there. Okay. I'm leaning more Team Reynolds right now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. That guy probably could have been a great Cable. Yeah. He probably gave a great audition. The only thing is, like, I didn't know that Ryan. Reynolds <laughs> great was audition. So... Hey, I'm Cable. Yeah, I'm a Cable. <laughs> son of Cyclops. You got the part. You're fucking I, in, dude. I guess I just didn't realize that Ryan Reynolds was so um, integral to the uh, creative direction of Deadpool. I guess I just thought that he would have been more of a cast type uh, character. I think he should be. I'm pretty sure he's a pretty big like advocate for the movie and was. Yeah, he was a major release. force behind yeah. that movie getting made in the yeah. style that it was made as well. Yeah. Yeah. He was a major force for that. I mean, so I, I respect his choice. I can I see cool. that because I mean, like, it seems like it really fits like him, his character that he plays in a lot of movies and yeah. stuff. He is Deadpool outside of like the superhero <laughs> yeah. shenanigans. So, but that's like why. Does it ever bother y'all? Have y'all noticed that there are like four or five actors that are more than one superhero, like? In Ryan Reynolds opposite. is both Green Lantern well, and... Well, those are different universes, man. That's fucking retarded, though. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. And Chris Evans is both uh, f- the Flame from Fantastic Four yes. and... Human Torch? That one's the Flame. <laughs> the Human Torch. <laughs> Whatever. Magnetus? Really he says Flame on. He Whatever. is the Flame. Torch on. Magnetus? Magnetus and the Flame. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? That one's a little bit different because they are in the same universe, so that's kind of tricky. But I yeah. guess Fantastic Four is. What was the other the one? He was he, he was the Human Torch and something. Captain else. America. Captain America. That's fucking. It's a pretty right. big one. Yeah. Um, be did. Well, Ben Affleck was Daredevil. Yeah, that's Batman. another one that I was going to say. That's crazy though. Why that old so guy played Magneto and Gandalf. I mean, yeah. What the <laughs> fuck is up with that, dude? Like. That's more make forgivable. Pretty, I, mean, I don't on. know. Unacceptable, dude. That seems more canonical than the DC and Marvel crossovers. So, <laughs> fucking Lord of the Rings, uh, X Men crossover. That would be fucking dope. Okay, that would be the sickest. <laughs> but wait, I was like, okay, so you watched Deadpool, right? Of course, I love Deadpool. And did you? I've, chase? I've seen it also. Yeah. And you really did you like it as much as Max liked it? Yeah, it was a funny movie. Okay. Great movie. I never got to see it, and I, I only heard pretty much good things. So yeah, I mean it's. It was pretty universally great. It was I mean, very intriguing to have not only like a, a legitimately funny, but also a just like a rated R superhero movie. Yeah, very cool, and not just like Kick Ass or something that's like we are the rated R superhero. Right? Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that's that shtick ends in about ten minutes. Yeah, but, but I thought Kick Ass was, was awesome. okay. I thought the first movie was good, but 
Yeah, I'm I still think it riding ended off of Kick-Ass 2. I was going to say, I'm still sure. riding off of seeing Kick-Ass 2. That was the most recent one I saw, so it's pretty bad. What's this about you? What, what are you saying over here, Chase, about me defending the last superhero movies because of the corporate yeah. office? Uh, the corporate whatever movie? it was, like a Suicide Squad, you're like, well, like, dude, I heard that, uh, you know, fucking yeah, suits sounds like me. edited fucking the whole thing. Yeah, where did you get this impression? That is spot on. First of all, Jared Leto would have been great, but just they held him back, dude. They held him back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there's nothing else to say because you mapped it out exactly how I said it. I don't think, I don't think Max said that the corporate, uh, the corporate, the big haunches man. were the ones that made Jared Leto's performance All I suffer. said was that, you know, there was a little bit of a debacle as to which direction they wanted to take the movie in after it was made, mm-hmm. which means that it was edited one way, somebody else edited it another way, and then they couldn't decide, so they had to mix and match their editing, and it made their editing really fucking weird and obvious. And like so that's not, why the movie ended up being a little bit. Did it feel inconsistent? Yeah, that it way? felt very choppy. There was definitely times where I'm like, "Where the fuck are we?" I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah." So, well, I mean, also like Jared Leto could be the best Joker ever, but you know the suits, man. You know, <laughs> keeping them down. Damn shit, suits. <laughs> the zoot suits. All right, uh, the next one comes from The Verge, and there might I might need to give you guys a little bit of backstory, but. Uh, Read Samsung made YouTube remove video of GTA mod that turns the Note 7 into a bomb. <laughs> Hilarious. And so, real quick, basic, basically, there's uh, somebody modded because GTA you can mod it like crazy on PC, and someone replaced the sticky bomb with the Galaxy Note 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there's videos of him just running around throwing the 7 at people and it blows up and shit. Just a harmless yeah. joke. Hilarious. Um, but but the story reads, Samsung apparently doesn't see much humor in a Grand Theft Auto V mod that turns a, the recalled hazardous Galaxy Note 7 into an in-game weapon. In fact, the company is trying to erase it from the internet completely. Samsung has issued a DMCA takedown targeting a YouTube video that showcased the mod, which gives the Note 7 explosive grenade-like <laughs> capabilities. It was a pretty great way of poking fun of Sam, at Samsung's ongoing PR crisis, and now the company is responding in a terrible way uh, ridiculous overreach and misuse of the DMCA tool. Yeah, that's censorship, um, dude. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. that's a joke. Okay, a, a well-deserved joke, and a you know a hard work was put into that mod. You know, yeah. Like, come on, just can't just take it down because of that. There what? is a follow-up that uh, YouTube reinstated the video, and mm-hmm. YouTube kind of has these automated systems for allowing companies to do these copyright notices or whatever and they're really easy to abuse and they give a lot of power to the people who are filing them and it was very easy for samsung to yeah basically censor the video but it does but youtube did reinstate it yeah usually yeah usually pretty cool about like when an actual person gets behind it and like looks at what people are trying to censor youtube's usually pretty on the side of like the maker for the most part he's right yeah the automated systems are pretty just like i don't like this video like okay let's take it down that's it seems mean yeah, I mean th- that's not that's not like libel or slander. That shit really happened. That could be real. Yeah, you know, <laughs> talk about simulation. Yeah, <laughs> it I mean, makes geez. you feel like you're really using an I or a Note Seven. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It, I, my my initial reaction is just so negative to that that concept. That yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that's... I mean, of course, like you don't want things spread about you, but are you really gonna go out of your way to really like? make a big deal and try it's, and straight up censor people from saying what they think is funny and 
They want to spread. Yeah. Like you know what looks worse than a Grand Theft Auto mod of your phone blowing up? <laughs> yeah. You trying to get that video put down. You exactly. know what I mean? Like it's it's ridiculous. And I, I can did, speak from experience. It's like, hey, you're a baby, and I'm like, I'm not a baby. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can That's, say. Well, in you just you to solidified that. it forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because I actually saw another mod too for um, Street Fighter Four, where somebody like replaced Relento's grenades in his Ultra with the sevens too as well for the PC one. And it's funny because in that one, he literally like jumps into the air and the camera pans up and he shows the camera, the grenades before he throws them down and blows them up. So I just thought those, <laughs> that's a common thing. Like Grand Theft Auto is not the only one doing it. Like Samsung. Okay. Yeah. It's already out Sucks there. to suck, Samsung. Yes. Yeah, does suck to suck. All right. This next article comes from IGN as well. And it is titled Microsoft partnering with top PC makers for Windows 10 VR headsets. And it reads, a post on the official Windows Twitter account relayed the news that was shared during today's Microsoft event. The company is partnering with top PC makers to build a range of innovative VR headsets. The announcement reads, these new Windows 10 based headsets will release in 2017 with prices starting at $299. There's no word on whether or not these new headsets will be compatible with Xbox One. Back at E3 2015, Oculus announced a partnership with Microsoft to have every Rift headset bundled with the wireless Xbox One Xbox One controller and adapter. So it's a really quick news story, but it it just seems like this might be a way that uh, or that you know this is this is Microsoft dipping its toes in the VR market in in some capacity. And I was most intrigued by the starting the price that uh, starting at two ninety nine. I think that's a very low barrier to entry. Um, and I don't think it's trying to go for like video game capable. Uh, headsets. I think I remember reading just today that they're really they're they're looking at non-gaming applications first for these. But um, just interesting that Microsoft is sort of entering in the VR space and uh, with on their own terms with these. I don't. <laughs> Wait, so yes, what is happening? I don't like <laughs> I'm I'm gonna ask a question, okay. So they already have the HoloLens prototype, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not consumer ready or anything. Right, and that's that is uh what reality? That's uh yeah, what yeah, which one of those universal one? One? <laughs> it's, it's augmented reality. Augmented reality, okay. And so is this the first sort of official like heave ho that we're hearing from Microsoft about VR? Yes. Okay. And, but PlayStation has their shit out on the market, right? PlayStation yep. VR is already a thing. And, but it, but that also is not necessarily playing toward gaming capable. It uh, is absolutely, it is absolutely a gaming first platform. No shit. Yes. So, so like, what are, like, do you have, uh, maybe off the top of your head, like some games that you, that are incorporated with the PlayStation one? Job Simulator, London Heist, Thumper, um, Super Hypercube. Interesting. Because I'm just, yeah, I guess I'm just, uh, I'm still just sort of a little wary in understanding what VR is really intended for at this point. Really, more than anything. Like outside of pornography, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that too. But... I guess uh, I mean it's definitely cool that they're they're like teaming up and that they're getting sort of this big backing and this big uh, project and, and, and consolidation of, of efforts. I mean, to- personally, whenever I saw I saw some people reacting to this and just being like, "Oh, dude, I'm so fucking excited or whatever to get my hands on this," and 
now that VR is out and I've I've like seen people use it and stuff, I'm just dude, I'm not interested at all right now. You know, I don't know if that's going to change in the future, but I don't want to come home and isolate myself in my own house, you know? Yeah. But I don't want to like why? It already I already don't like if I'm going to play a game on my computer that's in a that's in a different room from like my living room and that means I have to come in here and isolate myself from Darian if she's home and I don't even want to do that like I want to spend time with her if she's around and if and if I have to come home and just put some goggles on and be like all right bye I'll talk to you in two hours it just it just doesn't sound appealing to me and when I see videos of people actually playing it there's it it creates a, a, a negative reaction in me when i see it like i just they just look goofy and silly and i'm yeah. like i'm not ready to do this you know yeah nobody can look cool it's like putting on chapstick you can't look cool playing the vr yeah you know what i mean i agree there's nothing but you I, can do but I, I mean to the to the counterpoint you know like what about for people that don't live with other people? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's is there super really specific. a whole lot of difference yeah. between playing a video game and then playing a vr when you're just by yourself yeah not really no I mean, I still, I still think that there's, I still think that people are running towards, running towards this technology with unbridled optimism and excitement. And I really do think that if this technology proliferates in a major way, I think it will have social effects on a grand scale on just human beings. You yeah, know, and I don't enough. think I and I don't think that those are necessarily like being addressed when when we're just sort of when everyone is is just so it, everyone just seems so amped and I don't I don't know I'm just not there yet like it's 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 almost as similar as whenever we were giving so much validation to the next step being wearable technology you know whereas like it used to be oh my God, we have mobile technology. That's the coolest shit I've ever seen. And it, I mean, it really did change our lives. But then we were like, oh, so what's the obvious next step? Well, it's got to be wearable technology. So then they come out with the the, the, the watch, you know, mm-hmm. and they start coming out with other shit like that. It's just and everyone just thought it was, right yeah, everyone just like, maybe not everyone flocked to it, but everyone thought that that was going to be the thing. And like, I for some reason, VR has a similar, like, unproven uh like i don't know how to say it but it's there's an unproven nature in that it's going to be this big next thing but we don't know that yet it's one of those things that we've just known like everybody knows what virtual reality is and they have for like 30 years yeah right because you look in the future and you look at sci-fi and you look at how that is it's like everything is a hologram you know, everything is like on your wrist. It's a watch. You know, yeah. everything is, you know, games are virtual reality. You're in it and you're just moving around. But at the same time, like in re- in reality, reality. <laughs> Wait, which one? You end up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I get confused with all the realities <laughs> we have now. And the one we're in currently, it's just it's it's cumbersome and it's a fad. You know, it's just something that there's no longevity to it. And I think that the watch is a good example too. Cause like, let's be real. Nobody gives a fuck about smart watches. You know, I mean, a lot of people have bought them. I, I, so I don't see their use. I don't see their use as much as, you know, the last big technological bump, which I think was smartphones. Right. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that VR will reach some sort of grand scale proliferation. But I, I, I look at it similar to the way that I look at, like, the first iPod, 
you know like yeah it was it was a pretty big deal and people definitely thought it was dope but it was it wasn't until later where they had like five or six iterations and a bunch of different generations that people were like okay this is a must-have household item mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna jump on board until i feel like the concept has been proven i know what i'm gonna get yeah you know what I mean? Like I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, I want to see where it's at in like two years. And that's what I kind of mean where like, I'm not rushing to it like these other people. I mean, what sounds compelling to me is is um, just just put a driving game on it and I'll probably want to buy it. Like that that's compelling enough for me to want to buy it. But I'm just not ready to spend $500 so I can put this fucking helmet on <laughs> and – and do sh- and, and play 15, 20 minute games, you know, like I, I just, one money is not like something like I can't just go throwing around $500 easily mm-hmm. Two, I already have like such a limited time to play video games anyway, that I just don't see myself adding on this one more machine that I'm actually going to use enough to justify the purchase of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I totally agree with you that if it does get to be a big thing where it is very widespread, I I think it'll have social implications too. I mean, I think there it's so obvious even just looking at mobile technology how that's how that's affected humanity. Um, and I and I don't see like the idea of virtual reality being any lesser in magnitude if it really does get to be a big deal because. I don't know. I, I just get sad whenever I go to like uh, restaurants and I just see two people looking at their phones all the time and little kids that like aren't talking to their parents. They're just sitting there looking at their iPad the whole time. And I'm like, ah, man, where are we at? And I feel like yeah, dude. VR will be the same deal, man. Just the I next step. Like, yeah, just the next step above that. Yeah, they do that at home now, too. Just like completely detached from reality. I don't know. Yeah. But then, but at the same time, like, I mean, to your point, like, imagine if we had played inside on virtual reality how different that experience or not different but like how much more encapsulated we would be how much more immersive that would have been yeah 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 it would have been really extreme i don't know i'm yeah exactly i'm i'm not diametrically opposed to it i just know that right now it's not compelling enough but we like we did the vr thing at the game of thrones exhibit like years ago and it was incredible yeah you know It, it was really cool like it felt it, it's it's bizarre. I mean, it blows my mind. Even even when I did different VR demos, how thinking back to the demos, they feel like memories. And that's the kind of shit where like this, this technology is clearly powerful, but I think that's why we should be a little like, that's why I'm tepid about it at least. Yeah. So yeah, no, I a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Me okay. too. This last news story goes on a bit of a walk before introducing the lead here, but hear me out. Okay. All right. It's from Independent, and it reads, China wants to give all of its citizens a score, and their rating could affect every area of their lives. And it reads, imagine a world where an authoritarian government monitors everything you do, amasses a huge amount of data on almost every interaction you make, and awards you a single score that measures how quote-unquote trustworthy you are. In this world, anything from defaulting on a loan to criticizing the ruling party, from running a red light to failing to care for your parents properly could cause you to lose points. And in this world, your score becomes the ultimate truth of who you are, determining whether you can borrow money, get your children into the best schools, or travel abroad, whether you get a room in a 
fancy hotel, a seat in a top restaurant, or even just a date. This is not the dystopian superstate of Steven Spielberg's Minority Report, in which in which all-knowing police stop crime before it happens, but it could be China by 2020. It is the scenario contained in China's ambitious plans to develop a far-reaching social credit system, a plan that the Communist Party hopes will build a culture of quote-unquote sincerity and a harmonious socialist society where keeping trust is glorious. How do you guys feel about that little chestnut? <laughs> Take it home. It's super extreme at first, you know. I'm not about to just, like, side with China. You know, it's not (laughs) what I want to do at all. But at the same time, it's like, what is the biggest difference between, like, you have a score based on how many, like, tickets you have and how many, like... We have credit score. Yeah, I I have a score, too, here in America. And it decides a lot of things for me. It it sounds... I mean, it really just sounds like a consolidation of a bunch of different scores that we already have in the U.S. And really, when you think about it, it's like you take that score, but then you add some other really shitty things like how mean you are to people. You know what I mean? It's like, I almost kind of want that score to be added to successful people that are mean. Like, yeah, they should get that score for being so mean. You know, so maybe there's something in that. But obviously, it sounds pretty, like, ridiculous, and there's no way. Yeah. You know, that's... Right. And, uh, yeah, of course, I mean, I think that that's uh, definitely crossing some uh, some social some social and humane lines there, um, and, and they're sort of dictating morality in that sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't... Like, like, my initial thought was that, I mean... It's not like we're completely free of being judged by uh, authoritative in, uh, infra- or industries and, and uh, institutions. You know, I mean, your your um, your track record in, in the legal stance. If you've gotten felonies and if you've gotten uh, tickets and stuff against you, that plays into your ability to get a job. Um, your credit score does play into your ability to take out loans. Um, so I mean, I, it, it just sounds like it's just more of a holistic top to bottom. We're going to consolidate everything, everything, and just give you a, one big thing instead of a bunch of little things that you might be able to go up and down on and vary. Yeah. Like really reduce you down to that number. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, it's fucking, it's absurd. It's super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, when, when. You see words like we want to pr- create if, if you're not sincere or you're not harmonious or you don't keep trust. Those are the most vague terms that will be used to basically enact whatever they, they it, it gives them excuses to then treat you and allow you and, and take away your freedom. That's yeah. that's essentially what it is. You know? Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. I think harmonious is the biggest that that gives me some grimace. Right there, because because harmonious is basically just saying like in line with the what what we want and in line with what the rest of the people are doing. Yeah, which yeah, that's that's fucked up. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. It sounds like some future <laughs> bullshit that that you know, China I guess might do. I don't really ho- know a whole lot about the Chinese government honestly, but uh, yeah, they're they're really owning the socialist thing, you know. Yeah, I, I would guess that the 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 person who <laughs> That that uh, that authored the story was was uh, purposefully trying to make it as though this was like this horrible thing. So like we kind of have a natural yeah. reaction to. But I'm sure that there's some in and outs that we don't know. But yeah, I mean, 
my my initial reaction is the same too. It, it's it's a way to subject people to uh, measures that they can easily take away your freedom. So yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> well, that's all the news. Just a friendly reminder that the United States is a free society. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I don't have any scores. <laughs> we ain't got we ain't got no scores for your unharmoniousness you can be a fucking asshole all day i don't they don't give a fuck just don't be an asshole to me yeah don't that's fucked up dude don't, don't you, fucking be an asshole to me you're gonna talk to the second in my pocket oh, fuck you don't all tread you to me. Tread on me. i can shoot you if you come on my property though <laughs> right I'll i don't you know a... i don't fucking know <laughs> i don't know i'm done yeah. <laughs> yeah me too we're taking a quick break we'll be right back Adios. If you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to wittybantershow at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. How are we feeling about the beer? How are we feeling about the Nelson Salvin? Yeah, this, Dude, this it's, it's super good. Yeah, this beer is dope, right? This beer is cool, right? Am I the only one who thinks that? No. I was thinking to myself during one of the news stories, like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever Chase is saying. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> this beer is fucking good. <laughs> it's a super refreshing beer, man. It's really crisp, and it's really... Um, it's just like I don't like saying smooth because that sort of makes it seem like the mouthfeel is smooth, and it's it's not that. It's really like kind of more of a sprightly mouthfeel. Something like just like direct, you know? but it goes down really really well considering that it's a seven point five percent alcohol. It's it's just a really like I usually don't prefer saisons like as a just as a style, and this is just really a really good fruity version of it it's like good. saisons are usually kind of like it, it's a rarer type of beer like it's not as common as other beers would right. be but at the same time it's almost like a, a dolled up beer in a lot of ways like i like to think that like most beer characteristics are almost taken away from them sometimes because yeah. they're more like floral and a little bit more it's like fruit based and things like that which are not yeah. necessarily like a beer drinker's first. Right. Mine you know. could be closer to like a cider-ish. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you drank a cider, somebody's trying to get you to drink a beer, so they give you a saison. But <laughs> this one is, uh, dude, it's fucking sick. It's not sweet, but it gives you everything else, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's delicious. It, and it's crispy. I'm picking up a lot of like spice, a lot of almost pepperiness uh, at the very end of the taste profile, which I've really liked the way it showed up. Um, and I can feel a bit of the hop come through now. I feel like that tartness is almost like a, a dank, bitter tartness and it's an interesting wrinkle to it all. Yeah. I think this beer is really deep, just really complex. I'm still like, I'm still getting new things from it as it opens up. And that's honestly not what I expect from a Saison from a Saison. I do expect just tart and fruit. Yeah. And this has a lot more, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like on the and even on the the bottle and in the uh, description, I actually uh, skipped over it, but it it mentions uh muscat grape juice. So, I think that's very present 
in this. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say like when we were smelling it earlier and we were talking about it being a wine, it smelled like a like a grape in that sense. Like yeah. it smelled like that sort of like that Chardonnay and like all those flavors and stuff that come out of that. It's like in that style of grape. So it's kind of interesting that it has a grape juice in it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and saunter on over to our segment. <laughs> With our we're bringing out in hand. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- we're, I think this is a new one. I don't think we've ever done this. We've done something like it, but this one is the great debate. Oh yeah! Take off your clothes for the great debate. And the rules are pretty simple. We are going to try to debate on a particular subject, and today's subject is Dragon Ball Z villains. Which is, I think, something that, like, everybody can get behind. <laughs> well, you it's a good I mean? starting point for us, for we sure. We wanted it to be something that, like, all three of us could really, you know, share. Really And to. also a lot of people could share in. Because mm-hmm. there's no way you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what's DBZ? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe not. So, you know? We didn't want to get too niche. So we don't, yeah, perfect. we don't know our viewer base like holistically. I don't really. have a fucking clue because we have <laughs> way more people downloading it than I can even count. Like yeah. than I can name I can't I can name you maybe Who like five people you? I think would download this 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 show and listen to it. Yeah. We have way more than that. Yeah. I have no idea who's listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> so send in your great It's really exciting. It makes it fun to get behind the mic and do it every week. But we hope you know what DBZ is because we're about to Back chat to about it for Back to 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, for All right. Real. Well, so first of all, I think I know what you two are going to be bringing. I think Hunter's going to say sell. I think Max is going to say either the androids or the correct answer and say season one Vegeta. Fuck you. That's exactly what I was tossed <laughs> up between. And because I know you're going to say season one Vegeta. Yeah, easy. Okay. Well, I'm sticking with androids then. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm sticking to what I know best. Unfortunately, you nailed me. Yeah. I think boring. Sounds the coolest. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Typical, of course. So, so what, uh, who would like to kick off the case? Well, I will say what's what Cell has going for him is I think Cell's dialogue and his voice actor were the best part about He's got Cell. A killer voice. His final form version in the way that he would just call Gohan like boy in a very pejorative way. I fucking love that. Right. Right. But. I thought Cell was a little cheap, man. I think the fact <laughs> I think the fact that Goku like self-destructed and turned him into dust and is like, oh, he's still here. I thought that was malarkey. It seems like that's a very overpowered move to say that if an atom of your body remains, you can regenerate. I, w- I mean, I won't disagree with that. But like that ever after, I mean, you got Majin Buu that had that happen. Fucking Freeze is still fucking around. I mean, come on. They're, yeah, like, but Freeze is more of, yeah, doable. None of us here are saying that Freeze is the coolest villain. Yeah, and I also, know, but Freeze I think is just a more norm like with like Dragon Ball Z villains. Like they they bring them back multiple times when you think they're gone. Like, what? How lame would it be if after you know ten episodes or whatever with this villain, he's just gone? It would know? probably be a lot more succinct, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it would be more succinct, but it wouldn't give you the impact that this guy is unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that like that isn't an OP thing. Like, I, I I agree. I think, and I think that was the first iteration where you realize, like, so can this guy fucking die? Um, yeah. At the same time, I mean, I just think that uh, the arc of him sort of like absorbing people and becoming more powerful was cool. Very cool. I think uh, form one of Cell is just like gross and off putting. Yeah. It's a I bug. like that. 
Yeah, yeah he's a fucking bug. And nothing terrifies me more than bugs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say, because that kind of like goes into my answer. Because I like when I say the androids. They're so sinister, man. Very sinister. But it also ties into early cell. Yeah, they were synonymous. They were in the same. They were in the same time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And a lot of like the horror, you know, that comes from that saga, you know, Mm -hmm. comes from first form cell. And I would say that that's my favorite form of cell. I think it's awesome. I think that as a kid, when I like watched that dude grovel and like try to pay him to leave him alone. And he was just like, I don't give a fuck about your fucking money. And he just fucking stabs him with his tail and just starts sucking his body out of his clothes. Yes. And then they're going to all the towns and they're like, what the fuck happened to you? It's a bunch of clothes clothes laid out strictly like where the people fell and stuff. Like that's, that's super intense. That being said, it's really all he had going for him. And from that point forward, I think the character itself got weaker. I think second form cell was yeah. whack. Well, I just think that there were really cool moments, too, that were attached to Cell. Like, the instant transmission Kamehameha. Goku's fucking yell at that. Go watch it. <laughs> it is, like, it is the most satisfying. <gasps> and freaking, um, also, just, like, even just, like, dude, the, the soundtrack that is attached to Cell is fucking just so good. It's not better than the androids. The Android soundtrack Androids was have better. got that like teeny, tinny, like bell yeah, carnival man. type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me, man. I think the thing, the thing with me about the androids is I, I'm confused about their reality. Where it's like, are they in the future? Are they in the? Are they in the present? Like they're in the both. Yeah, but like it. That's. <laughs> I think that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> What reality are we in here again? Oh, yeah, virtual or there we go. Because like, because like, there there seems like there's this whole other storyline where there's like future Trunks and future Gohan. There is, I know, but like, I don't really have a firm grasp on what that is in relation to actual the, reality. Dude, like, the only thing that happens. sells in the same boat. Yeah, sells right? the same fucking thing, man. How? No, 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 no. Right? Like, you never see future Cell. Yeah, you're right. But Cell did. Okay, like the, the whole idea between, behind who Trunks is is that he came back in time to stop his future because in his future, yeah, those Android I, 17 and 18 killed everyone. Because right. I wanna, I, and I want to say the reason why I would probably edge the androids over Cell being cooler is because there's a gravity to the androids that's built up before they arrive. Like Trunks shows up. We don't know who this guy is. And he's like, here's the deal. I'm from the future and Goku is going to die. And everyone's like, what? The fuck. <laughs> and then these things are going to come out and they're going to kill everybody. And when you have that lead up and then you finally see them and they're just like these cold, monotonous, little robots that yeah. are there to kill people. I think it's much more sinister and much more villainous than what Cell is because Cell ends up just turning into a guy who's like, I just want to fight the best. And that's kind of what we see, we've seen throughout the entirety of the series, you yeah. know? Yeah, but I mean, Cell is like the Messiah Android. You know, he is like the one end all be all Android project. Whereas, like the other two guys are kind of equal, and they like, you know, I, I mean, as as a group, yeah, the androids are cool. But it's like, which I mean, I know you think Android Seventeen's the coolest. He is the coolest. Yeah, I, I'd agree <laughs> with that. I'd agree with that. But then, <laughs> would you say that Android Seventeen on his own is a cooler villain 
than Cell is. I would say no, but I would say that the Android Duo is. And okay. I think that I mean, yeah. a lot comes from that. I think a lot comes from the brother-sister vibe from those two. I think yeah. a lot comes from their callous banter between the two ads. Like, if there was nobody for him to banter with, he wouldn't be <laughs> as cool. I wouldn't be able to know what his banter sounded like. You know? <laughs> and I think you just get so much more with the androids out of, like, all of the rest of the villains in the saga, right? Because you get them, you get, one, a huge fucking, like, change in the pace of Dragon Ball Z, like everything kind of turned around. Like it got like way darker. Down. It slowed. It got more like realistic. It got more hmm. grimy when they came around. Yeah. It got less kitty. It got, I mean, not less kitty, but like less just like, almost do, like less grandiose. I do want to add, when I was younger and we were watching this for the first time, I had a very visceral nightmare that totally came from that saga. Which is exactly what they were going for. Yeah. You know? And two... They were fucking cool as fuck. Like they were just like they were like bro cool, you know? They were just like, dude, this dude's fucking cool. Like he is a cool villain. So are you not including Android nineteen or Android sixteen or not Dr. necessarily, Jarreau but I think they are part I think well? they're a part of it. I think that Android sixteen and, and Dr. Jarreau are a big part of it because they, they were the ones that set off. I would say if you I would make the argument for all the androids outside of No, because green android is weak as hell. Android sixteen. He's the, he is the like. He's the soft. He's the sensitive type. I, he is the. He is the. The the idea that a robot isn't like what you said earlier. We're like they're just these sinister robots because robots are sinister and they kill people. Yeah. Like, no. 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 That's not always right. Right. That's but I, but I think is. that's what's most confusing is it's almost typecasted that seventeen or and eighteen are are so cold blooded because they're. They're androids and they're not alive. Because whereas like, robots. Whereas like 16 and Cell are more of like this fusion of robot and sort of re- like uh, organic creature. And it's like, yeah, they're they're alive. They're not alive technically per se, but they have like thoughts and emotions and they actually are guided by some sort of inner force. Well, you're also thinking about like a robot. And they're not really robots. They were like grown things. You know what I mean? It's like when they... Um, they're mechanical beings, though. But a lot of them were was organic. I mean, if you don't remember. Yeah. Krillin changed Android 18. We're getting, we're getting stuck human. in the weeds here. I don't think anything you guys are saying right now about these details is adding to the villainous <laughs> side of, of it's these It's not about who's years. the most villainous. It's about who's it's the, the best. best who's the best villain. Doesn't mean they have to be the most villainous villain. Yeah, well, the most being complex. villainous is the essence of being a villain. <laughs> that's just the one side of it. That's super one sided. Well, that's yeah. That would be a one dimensional argument. It's just saying like they're the, will, they're the most dastardly. Yeah. You know, Chase. I will give you this. You're making <laughs> no. that argument because you're setting up Saiyan Your Saga <laughs> Vegeta, and I get that. That's cool. That guy's fucking awesome. He is a strong, strong second. Yes, very strong. The yell. From Goku in that side. Don't, 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 don't you fucking best. steal my thunder, dude. <laughs> listen, you stole my listen. thunder right away, Chase. Yeah, whatever, get out of here, jumping bro. out of our side. No, 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 point no, no, is stealing no, thunder. Let's let let him have his time, <laughs> please. Tell Hunter, you, you, tell us what we already know. Hunter, I know you think that the instant command may yell is awesome, but there are a couple more. Mo- there are a couple moments in that season one saga with Vegeta that are much cooler, much visceral, and that's when. 
so first of all, Vegeta sh- fucking shows up and he's like, all right. I mean, I don't even really remember exactly like. And by the way, shout out to Raditz, even though Raditz only had a, a few yeah. episodes in there. Raditz you you is give credit cool. to your setup characters, I guess. Yes. Yeah. But um, Vegeta's there pretty much just to blow up Earth and, you know, do his thing. And he's not really doesn't even feel threatened. He throws a Saberman out there. They then they they beat him. He's like, all right, whatever. It's time to it's time to get going. He becomes the ape. They defeat the ape. And basically you watch Vegeta get more and more frustrated and desperate and fucking angry. And that anger is so quintessential to his character. And just like, I'm the best. Nobody beats me. And as you watch him constantly, as as Goku and everyone's keeping up with him, he's like, dude, what the fuck? And you see that fuel, just his rage. And I love, like, one... Rage is an emotion that I totally identify with. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I can get that too, yeah. They pull off rage super well with Vegeta into where it's finally at the point where him and Goku are just going at it. You know, it, it's kind of like the first time that we've seen the Dragon Ball um, prime traits of just zipping around in the air, throwing punches faster than the eye can see. You know, whenever there's a block, there's like a big sound wave and they're they're dashing all over the place. And then it gets to the point where he goes up into the, the atmosphere and he's like, I, this is it. I'm ending it like last resort. And he does the Gallic gun and that yell. And when he and, I, and he screams Gallic gun and throws it down there. And that's when you get like the first sick beam clash and Goku throws up his Kamehameha and he uses the Kaioken. And he goes to like Kaioken. He's like times, at times, times four or man. whatever. And he's sitting there and he's about to go to four. And King Kai's like, do not fucking do this. Like you will destroy your body. He's like, don't do it. And, and Goku fucking yells it out. It throws him back on his knee. Like he's got so, there's like so much coming out of him that he can barely even control it. And he, and he, and he totally, and he defeats Vegeta in that moment. It's just so fucking, I feel like in that microcosmo, you get the essence of what Dragon Ball Z is. And if you're going to have like a best villain, why not choose the poster child of what sets up kind of what Dragon Ball Z is about, you know? So let me ask you this. I feel like you're getting a little bit like caught up in the moment rather than the (laughs) villain. You know what I mean? Like you're getting, you know, like if I could talk about moments, it would be a different story. Like the best moment in Dragon Ball Z that's that moment. That's the best moment in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And it's not that the show goes down after that because it's still like a steady fucking stream of awesome. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about Cell here. Has he's this one dimensional like nobody can beat me. I'm looking for the best. How is that not Vegeta? <laughs> like, and, and plus, I'm going to say the same thing in regards to the whole like desperation and stuff, except it's flipped in Cell because... When Goku does his instant command, man, he's about to blow up the earth. And everybody that he's li- lives that are his friends and family and shit are like, is he going to fucking really do this? Is he going to go up and blow the earth just to get rid of Cell? Let's also remember how convoluted the Cell storyline was because that's not the moment that he, like, he went down there when he was fighting him and he blew off his top half, remember? Yes. But that's the first time he was like, I can regenerate. Yeah. And then after that, was when Cell was like, I'm going to blow myself up and then to blow up everybody. And that's when he went down there and he said, nope, I'm taking you with me. And he said, bye, Gohan. And he took him to Genkai's planet, remember? Yes. 
And that's like that's that's a separate moment. King Kai's. King Kai's. I'm sorry, I'm confusing <laughs> two of my you, favorite animes together. Yes, yeah, happens but, all the time. But I mean, yeah. I agree. I mean, I think that I think that Vegeta exposed what Dragon Ball Z was going to be from then on out. Yeah, you know. And dude, the Saiyan suit. Come on, classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking sick. And I and I agree that the desperation was very well done. It seemed like they. Like, even just the style of the drawing uh, at, at that point in time, like, with that saga was just very, like, I don't know. It was very epic-seeming, and, mm-hmm. like, it was just very well done. Um, and, and plus, like, Vegeta is overall one of my favorite characters, just as a, as a character in Dragon Ball Z, because he is so multidimensional. But, like, villain... Like that saga villain Vegeta, I don't feel like is as deep as he ends up being throughout the rest of the course of the show because there is so much history that you get to watch with Vegeta. So I, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't really. I just want to throw it out there that like, so you like Vegeta post that saga a lot, right? Like you like Vegeta all the way through the storyline. Yes. And that's funny because I don't hate Vegeta. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like Vegeta. Vegeta's awesome. He's iconic. He's great. Yes. But his best. Like the best Vegetas to me are the Saiyan Saga and, and also Majin Vegeta. No, oh, well, no? yeah, Majin Vegeta is good. Majin Vegeta is, is great, awesome. See, but I, that's a that's I a throwback a just because Vegeta he throws it back kind of to that old school Vegeta. Yes, and Namek Saga Vegeta was fucking super sick. I just think yeah. of him as being a big dick that grimy, Namek. and it, it's not even that. He's like he's a grimy asshole. Yeah. He's a fucking just like nah. He's that kind of fucking just. Like he's a fucking dickhead. Yeah, I just think of him as a big dick and dynamic, <laughs> dude. But. Um, but I will say shout outs to like I think when you listen to the two dubs, if you separate the two dubs from the Funimation and the Ocean dub of Vegeta. Right. Ocean dubs Ocean Vegeta, dub Vegeta dude. is fucking insane, awesome for the first two sagas, and then it's fucking weird after that. See, but those first two sagas with Ocean Dub Vegeta was great. It, the voice did not fit further on. His character changes too much. That's what I was going to say. Is I think it Ocean it's Dub really would weird. suck later on. After Namek Saga, like get that out of here. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Because Chris Bai was a very recognizable and good. Yeah, Vegeta it was great. Dude, he fucking did well, and he was the perfect Vegeta after that. After I think. that, and he was a great Vegeta before that too. I just think that the Ocean Dub just had a very strong because Ocean Dub really didn't have that much strong other character voices that I liked that it much just more. Fit how he looked. You know, yeah, of, dude, the yeah. small, yeah, and fucking. Uh. Well, I don't think any of us are willing to cede our points, <laughs> so I'm gonna leave it up to the audience. Please email us in. Let us know who you think the best Dragon Ball Z villain is, because I think we all made compelling arguments. Yeah, I just want to throw one more thing out. Okay. Because I meant to say it earlier. Okay. Your two villains are based off of the cliche of the villain. My villain is based off of apathy, and it's very interesting, and it's very unique. God, you're, you know what, Max? And you just, you just really summed up like you, you know, like you're interesting. You know what I mean? I'm, so I, glad, I'm saying like, that I like to think that I base myself off of those characters, you know what I mean? Of they are fucking cool. Here. I just want to throw that out there. That's the biggest difference. That's where I was going to go earlier, but we yeah. trailed off. You kind of look like once, Android once, 18 and Android 17 fused. I had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it had an ancestral android baby I mean once the suits left the studio And let the real dudes edit it's it It's about then... time that they let the creator Actually fucking take control And then they said no 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 this is getting too unique This is getting too interesting people are starting to think You know I don't like that 
Water them down. Feed the pigs. All right, make cells absorb one of them and we'll be on our way. So send us an email or go to our website and let us know who you think out of those three the best villain of Dragon Ball Z is. We'd love to hear your input. But we're going to mosey down to the mail corner right about now. It's All right. We got some mail today, guys. Our first one comes from none other than Dunter Horset. He says, sorry for my cousin's typos in the last email. He drinks. <laughs> I don't see your uh, cousin emailing anymore. Oh. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, what's up with that there, Dunter? But enough about the fam. It's question time. Is there a particular public place or public behavior that angers or stresses you out? Get tugged, you nug bugs. Dunter, Dolphin Man, Horset. Dolphin man Public place or public behavior that angers or stresses you out I'll piggyback off of what we were saying earlier About people being on their phones I am starting to be like I don't really say anything But I'm very observant of when I am with A friend And they're on their phone a lot And it it pisses me off And it it, It'll piss me off more especially if If this is someone I can't often reach Via phone like if I get screened by them often, like they don't respond to like a text or whatever it is. And then when I hang out with them, they're on their phone a lot. I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Yeah. That, that angers me when yeah. it comes to, when it comes to public stress though, I'm like, I'm pretty good with crowds. Like I can handle really cramped, uh, spaces like with concerts. I mean, just at formula one this last weekend, I was when the, when the place was letting out, I wasn't, it was like, it was gridlock with people and I can kind of keep my cool there. Um, even though like there are times at concerts when I'm like, all right, dude, fuck. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. There, like, dude, you're at the sword and that fucking guy. Oh dude. I Unbelievable. Mean, but that happens. I think more than you think where it's like people go to a concert thinking like this is sort of going to be a let loose, have a good time, which is great. Like I don't have anything against that, but it's like. When you start trying to be all physical and bounce around and rub up and freaking nudge people you don't know. And, like, I think that there's some concerts that are for that and other concerts that are not for that. And I think you should, like, read the crowd that you're around and see if people are going to be, like, down to do that. Receptive. But when you just try and force it, that fucking bothers me. Or know? even, dude, like, even, so like, a Radiohead, we talked about this. It was a fucking war of inches yeah. at the front, you know? And it got, it got to the point where, like, an hour in, I had a little human fucking donut behind me putting her entire... <laughs> yeah, I am, I'm trying to visualize this. Think of think of someone who's so fat they look like a bowling ball. This That's Thurman what we're talking Merman. about. Yeah, okay. Thurman Merman. Just, like, putting their entire stomach on me to try to, like, I don't know, get me to move or something? And I'm like, dude, this is not okay. Like, yeah. this is disgusting. I'm pretty sure a dude behind me at Radiohead was using a little, like, stick and, like, poking, like, trying to, like, make my arm, like, get flustered or something. Like, make it tickle. And I just didn't respond. I was like, I don't Damn, care. Damn, that's I'm fucking intense. He's yeah, using yeah. tools against you. Yeah. <laughs> the stakes are high, up. man. Yeah, man. You guys deserve those spots, man. You were there for eight really hours. You didn't care about it. So. Fuck those dudes. What about you, man? It's like a, a place or what's the other like place option? or social behavior. Yeah. Place that angers or stresses you out. Or a social behavior. I also just got to say, I'm going to throw it back to one of our earlier episodes where parking. 
if you do not park inside the fucking line, <laughs> I have a hissy fit. Is that dude. like a social behavior? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just feels so yeah, like yeah. broad. But it's just like, I don't know. Most of mine are always tied to driving, though. And I don't know if that's, like, allowed. That ap- that's totally social, That's man. totally. And plus, so, like, Houston is known for having horrible drivers. So is the idea of, like, no turn signals something I could say? Sure. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Is If that really, really eats at you. It doesn't eat at you? No, it pisses me off. But But mine's more of, like, a nice turn signal asshole. It's not like... It's not something that really grinds my gears. The worst part to me about using turn signals is like, okay, we're designing the car. <laughs> These are crucial. These tell you which direction you're going to go preemptively so people will know and give you space. Yes. Okay? We got to make sure that this is the easiest thing you can fucking ever do. Mm-hmm. All right, dude, just, just twitch your left, left hand up or down. <laughs> That's all you have to do. You don't have to fucking do anything else. <laughs> So when you don't use a turn signal, you are actively saying, I'm going to make a statement. I'm not going to fucking do this because I want you to know that I don't care. Yeah. It's not that it's a hassle. It's not that like, dude, you're really not going to put the time into doing that. It's that you fucking actively thought for a second. <laughs> nah. And just fucking turn. <laughs> yeah. That fucking drives me up a fucking wall, dude. Because you're going to cause a fight like... You're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. You're going to kill somebody else. You're going to honestly, you're going to make it my fault because uh-huh. that's how the system works is that you're going to turn in, hit my fucking front of my car and be like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you're not. Yeah. Well, insurance is coming on their way, man. You hit me. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, dude, I'm about to hit you in the fucking nose because <laughs> yeah. that's fucked up to not use a turn signal. So that's like my number one always is turn signals. Get off. Like fucking dude, just, just one flick signal. your, flick your left hand. Uh, do y'all have any others? Cause I have one more that, that is, is, I could say succinctly. Um, my, mine is, I, I don't have, I know Chase, I know you don't necessarily wash your hands. I'm not um, a big hand washer. <laughs> you put him on blast like that. I am, well, he kind of proclaims it. He's just kind of like, uh, yeah. I don't need to. And I think that's fine. And really what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I don't like is... I think that if you're not going to wash your hands, that's fine. I'm not going to shake. I'm like, I'm not going to like proactively rub your hand in my face or whatever. But I, whenever I decide to wash my hands, I wash my fucking hands. I take off my ring. I get the water nice and going. I rub my hands for at least 30 seconds. I dry it off. What I hate is people that do the in-betweens. The people that go (laughs) to the sink and just turn it on. Turn it on and, and put rinse it on their hands. And it's like, you didn't wash your fucking hands. That's so... Either do one or the other. Like, don't <laughs> just put your hand under water and then just bounce. Like, that doesn't. that's not washing your hands. That's <laughs> fucked up. It's like, you're doing it just so that people... You can you can say, like, well, I washed my hands. No, you didn't. That's, you didn't wash your hands. That's super bad because I am a very bad culprit of that. <laughs> I'm a huge fucking Can culprit. Can you deny what I'm saying though? I mean... No, dude, I get it. And I definitely feel like I'm like adhering to a social norm. And it's like, I don't do it as blatantly as just like rinse my hands with water and get out. But I definitely like go over to the sink, turn the water on, soap my hands first, smack them together and rub See, them under so- the fucking... if you soap, you're in the clear with me. Really? Okay, soap, then I think I'm fine. If you soap, you're in the clear with me. Okay. But, but it's people that, like, I will literally, like, start washing my hands. People will go in, take a piss, and wash, <laughs> and put their hands on the water and leave before I'm done washing my hands. And I'm like, you are a joke. You wasted water. That's you were, all you did. <laughs> all you did was waste, <laughs> was waste water, water, you big asshole. All right. That's well, exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a good one. 
That's fantastic. All right. Uh, this <laughs> next one comes from Ben Ebig, and he says, what is on your Christmas list, and have you been a good boy this year? He says, I heard Dunter Horset wants a Darth Vader voice changer so he can be on the show. <laughs> That'd be sick. Voice modulator. We would like that. Um, I haven't thought uh, yeah. that far ahead. You know, I'm really bad when it comes, like, people always want me to ask what presents I want. And this I'm is really the year where I'm, I think I'm actually going to be like, hey, like, don't buy me anything. Really? Yeah, because I'm in this phase where I'm trying to literally get rid of like everything that belongs to me, and I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I don't want extra shit in here. You know, like yeah. I guarantee you, what you're gonna get me is either something I don't need and don't want, that it's gonna just become clutter. Or if you and like, and I also don't like being like, all right, I only want these specific things, and it, it feels like you're just using people for gifts. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're at this age too, it's like I want this. It's like okay, go buy it. It's just like, <laughs> but I want you to get it for me. You know what I mean? It's like that's different. And then on top of that, I know what you're talking about with knickknacks because it's the worst that like I, I am a I am against knickknacks hard. I fucking hate knickknacks. That being said, Gizmos, when somebody gives me a knickknack, I hold it close to my heart, <laughs> and it sucks because then I have a fucking. You know, a shelf of knickknacks. I'm like, I can't get rid of fucking any of this. Yeah, I mean, and that's Bob that, gave that's me that thing. for my like, birthday I, when I, I was 19. A, I will support a knickknack if it means a lot to me, and maybe I, if I was the one who, like, for instance, I can see myself in the near future actually buying like a decently cool uh, Zelda action figure. But I'm okay. only going to do that because it means a whole lot to me, and I'll put it somewhere. Yeah. But if you start buying me. Just like, oh, I think Chase likes this. I'll get him this. Like, you're just buying yeah. me like, yeah. <laughs> just it's, just pla- it's just plastic, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, usually it's when somebody gets it right, you know? Or not like when somebody gets it right, because that sounds, again, so fucking like <laughs> whack. But when somebody gives you a knickknack and it's based around something that you like, you're like, damn, you were listening. Yeah, you, know you, I mean? yeah, like, you really thought about it, but I'm never going to use it. You know, I'm not going to use it, but like, that's actually really nice. And like this, you know, that, those always mean the most to me than anything. Well, I just feel like I have... Like, I don't want anything that doesn't require my preference, you know? I can't just be like, I would like this random, this just generic thing. It's like, I want to watch, you know? I want a watch that is a particular style. Yeah, yeah, because if you buy me a watch that I don't want to wear, then... I'm not going to fucking wear it. And, like, I want glasses, but I want to go out and pick the glasses. And I want, like, you know, I want suit pants but i want the suit pants that i want you know want them in my size so more than anything i really just want money i just want if you're gonna give me something just give me 20 bucks or 40 bucks or something yeah. and i'll spend it how i want you know but, that's what i was gonna that, say but but that's so unlike it's not thoughtful that, like not, yeah that like violates the whack. spirit of gift giving right exactly 100 yeah, but that being said like as an adult, the only thing I need are for my debts to go away. Yeah. So that's really the only thing that's useful to me right now. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to ask for money, so now I'm stuck in this really awkward place yeah. with a shelf full of knickknacks and that I, I love, hate at the same know, time. And also, I just, I, I'm bad to buy gifts for because I try, I try to purposefully remind myself that I have basically everything I, I need, and I've, I've been very you know, fortunate. And so like, yeah. whenever it comes to a time where I need to be given gifts, I just try and purposefully be like, I don't know because I I have a lot of things that I you know I'm good like I you know I don't know if that's like a weird I no I I get you dude it was like whenever before your birthday I was like yeah just wait till next week and you're like fuck you man like don't don't do this to me like you know like <laughs> I, I get it <laughs> all right uh, this next question comes from Max Kelleher 
Yeah, cute. He's bringing a stinger. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, he man. says, what is your most devoutly held unpopular opinion? <laughs> I think sells. I know mine. <laughs> um, devoutly held unpopular opinion. That's tough because I feel like you'd have to really dig deep yeah. for that one. We might kind of share it a little bit, but I don't know if yours is going to be like the same as mine, Chase. Uh-huh. But why are we fucking crucified for liking Zack Snyder movies? Oh, well, I mean, Zack Snyder, I think his movies are more about, and like we kind of talked about earlier, about moments. Like, yeah. they're always as like these, There's in his movies, It's they're just full of these really epic scenes and moments that he never earns in the movie. Like, there's never a proper buildup to make those moments, like, meaningful, but... I do agree that I think Zack Schneider is just become like the like everyone. It's it's easy to poop on him, so people are gonna yeah. do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I I thought three dude three hundred was one of is honestly dude three hundred was one of those moments where I hyped something to the nth degree, saw the movie, and was still impressed yeah. even <laughs> beyond what I thought was yeah. gonna be happen. It totally and liked, delivered for me too. Yeah, I, I love and I love the Watchmen. I even liked Sucker Punch, and who knows if I if I went back and watched it again, maybe I wouldn't. But I've liked his movies. I like Man yeah, Steel. So yeah, but I'm yeah I'm the same way, dude. I fucking I like Sucker Punch. I thought it was fucking cool. Um, yeah, dude. I for, I wasn't even thinking about the Watchmen. The Watchmen was fucking dope. Like, well, how are you gonna? <laughs> when people tell me they don't like the Watchmen, I'm just like, why? Like they did everything. <laughs> For you, you know, and when people like, I think it's I'm, just like because it was a superhero movie that people weren't familiar with. Really, is that's the only yeah. thing that people really dis- didn't like about it. I didn't I get know. to w- watch it in it, in its entirety. The movie was fucking sick. I, I liked it was a lot really of good. the ideas though. Doctor yeah. Manhattan, just as a character, seemed fucking awesome. He's f- yeah, he's cool. <laughs> that's dope. What about so you? So is that is that are you gonna use that one too, Chase? Or no, nah, I'll probably use a different one. What are what are Cause like as far as just like the word crucified, <laughs> that's pretty harsh. I might have, I have like, exaggerated a teens. I definitely have preferences towards certain things, like uh, that Wendy's is better than Burger King. That's fucking asinine, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, that's like literally atrocious. I really that's like dude, the grossest I don't thing I've ever been hey, I'm getting crucified as we speak. Yeah, dude. That's but I mean, disgusting. I, it's also similar things. Like I think Shipley's is like my favorite. I don't understand that either, dude. Like, dude, just re- so at the track at F one, they had a Krispy Kreme trailer, and I was like, "Oh, Darren, check it out! It's like Krispy Kreme." She's like, "Yeah, fuck that," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> Come on!" And she's like, "Dude, Shipley's," and I was like, "Are you, <laughs> Darren? Air high five." Has she moved bro. out yet, or what? Like, what is that? <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, it, it's. I just grew up eating that, and that shit is my delight now. That could it's have been Turkish the great delight, debate, you know. What? So that could have been the great debate. <laughs> <laughs> we have a second one going right now because that's fucking ridiculous. And I'm not. Here's the thing about Krispy Kreme. I'm sorry. I got to just interject. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about Krispy Kreme then. Everything outside of the original. You're right, dude. It's just the fucking. It's the run of the mill donut. But the fucking <laughs> original donut. Is insane. Every time I've Are you ever got about, like glazed. The glazed fucking. Krispy Kreme donut is insane. Okay. It's light as air. That's that's fine. <laughs> it is dainty in your mouth. 
I, I, I honestly, okay, so like Krispy Kreme, is that a Texas mainstay? I don't think Are there so. many Krispy Kremes? Uh, we just got one in Houston like a year ago. Okay, so Krispy Kreme's been around, dude. Okay, because I mean, it's There's, one of those things, kind of like Dunkin' Donuts, where like, of course, it's super widespread, but I just never saw one. You know? Yeah. And so, like, I'm sure it's great. I just didn't have the exposure. And so, like, but yeah. this is what I will say. Yeah. Okay. I like Shipley's Donuts. Fine. I think their kolaches are fucking great. And I know people. <laughs> Hate their kolaches. I don't like people, their yeah. shit. Don't. That's gonna be specifically the one that I'm gonna say here to Max. Okay, I like Shipley's kolaches more than anyone else's kolaches. Have, have you had? I like Sunday? it more. I like it. <laughs> yes, yes. The little short, like stumpy. Yeah, kolaches. actual sausages. I don't. <laughs> it's just like a weird them. log of like I don't know meat. No, <laughs> it's just like a little clump and freaking like, I like it more than Kalachi Factory. I think I've had Krispy Kreme and I think, Kalachis. Do they have Kalachis? I don't know. I've never Sunday? had one. I think I that. usually have Sunday. Yeah. And I like it more than that. I don't know. I just like the oblong shape <laughs> and it resembles a normal wiener that I am used to. So. What? Come on. I'm trying to say, wait, what? Wait, 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 what in kolache have you eaten that's not an oblong shape? Like, <laughs> no, what? dude, like Sundays it's are too just perfect. little, like, it's like, a, the, it's like a palm, you know? It's, it's uh, Sunday like literally you don't takes like a rots and cuts them in half. Yeah, I don't want the cut in half. Look, Why dude, Sundale sucks. Okay, Sundale is gross. Yes, that's I you. get that, for sure. But, okay, are you saying that's like the best donut chain? Cause dog, you live I'm in Houston. It's my favorite. Like, I'm not gonna try and like <laughs> shit on other people's chains. I'm just like, I like it. And then people are like, All I'm trying to say is like, <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> like a retard. It's just you go up the levels of craft when you come to donuts, right? No, you got the baby time. Like, no I fucking early. <laughs> I fucking I I can't make breakfast, or I'm treating myself this Friday morning, and I'm gonna go get donuts. And you get whatever chains around you. I get that. I eat at Shipley's every now and again when I want like. I feel like donuts before I go to my 8 a.m. shift, right? I got to go to Shipley's. Yeah. But if you have, like, the time, if you're, like, having a donut breakfast, like, eat at one of the fucking go to go to connoisseur. The connoisseur, you, you could. That's a place you could go. <laughs> but there's also go? other connoisseur places. Max? Yeah, dude, I'm going to take you. What you understand, uh, Hunter, is, is Max is interesting and unique, you know, like. <laughs> He's Maybe not he willing to get. just follow the sheep. The big I haven't been corrupted by the Shipley suits. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, suits. dude. Yeah. You know, just mindlessly feed me fucking eclairs. But <laughs> it's just crazy that I do. There's a there's a multitude of donut places. Let's revisit this. We in will. We'll two or three away. weeks. Let me find a day. I'll take you out to some donut places around here. We'll have to l get a list of, of donut of the places. Best donuts, of really the best donut places in down. Houston. But I'm just saying, like, I grew up... And I had so much exposure. I lived right next to a Shipley's. Yeah. And that became my bread and butter. That became my fucking go-to. You know? I get it. So I'm getting crucified right now. <laughs> Just like in the real world. So I hope you I hope this this counts for you, Max Keller. You understand what I mean? Yeah. What, uh, what he I'm had saying. to literally get crucified on the show for yeah. you. Okay. So oh so God. Chase, hopefully I bought you some time for you to think yeah. about yours. The fact that you hit us with I've, two with a Wendy's I'm sorry, with a Wendy's and a Shipley's just, <laughs> I just back to back. Gloss I, over I'm the like Wendy's. I'm still seething. I'm sorry. Anyway, I just go to gla glaze, if you will, <laughs> over the Wendy's. Yeah. Oh because I guess it is it. better because Burger King has a better Stop, burger, shut up. but Wendy's is better. Stop. Okay. Stop. Stop. I'll take I'll take mine a little bit deeper because I know Max is a deep kind of guy. And I will say I think one of my devoutly held unpopular opinions is that uh, selfishness is a virtue. 
And when I say that, I mean like a rational selfishness. Like I, th- I think that your life should be the highest standard of value by which you measure all, all actions against. And your happiness is what you should seek first and foremost before doing anything else. And I get into arguments all the time about, uh, w- about that kind of stuff. And they're honestly some of my favorite discussions to have. So I'll throw that one out there. Yeah. Hmm. We've, we've discussed that at length many times. Well, I think you just throw people off when you say selfishness. But when you really, I feel like trying to say is like, just because there's such egoism, a connotation, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, such a connotation like, about it. Yeah, but I mean, like, well, the denotation of selfishness is like to be your, to act in one's self interest is is the definition of selfishness. It's not at the at the like expense expense of other people. No, if that's to the case, act in one's self interest is the definition of selfishness. And I and I think that's fine. Like, and, yeah, and, that's, and, I mean, in that's, fact. I mean, I would assert that you need to have certain uh, an, a certain amount of selfishness in order to be able to do the things you want to do. Of course, you, know? you gotta you gotta take care of yourself. You know what that requires? Self interest. Um, and, and, and like, but but I think that the the stigma with selfishness is that you are egocentric. You know, and that's not necessarily. One and one, but I, I actually, in a lot of ways, really agree with you. So yeah, I one hundred percent agree. With I you. would not crucify you the way y'all have crucified me. There. Yeah, we understand because I'm not egocentric. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm open-minded and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's put some numbers on these beers and then hit the hay. Okay, I want to go first. Go for it. Step right up, man. Um, I, I mean, I think that we've said most of the things I want to say about it. Um, it's crisp. It is very refreshing and kind of sprightly feeling whenever I whenever I take it down. Um, it doesn't drink like a seven point five percent alcohol by volume beer, um, and it's just like slightly fruity, but not like sweet fruity. Like when you say fruity, there is a connotation that it's sort of like sweet and like I don't know flitty, but it's not that. It's it's just it has like the essence of of fruits like grape juice and whatever else it says in there. Um, but it's just really interesting and refreshing and it's, and it's light. It's a good light beer. Um, and it, I'm going to give it a nine because it's my, Damn. it's my favorite Saison I've ever had. For sure. I'm excited yeah. because you liked the sour beer that we had at the barbecue and you're liking this Saison. Yes. And I like that you're kind of getting into the more tart, Type of beers because I'm I'm bringing a pretty a pretty sour beer for the uh, NASA special and so I'm I'm excited to see if I'm not I don't think that even all of us might I don't I might not even like it but I'm just interested <laughs> interested to see what you think of it now that you're kind of dipping your toes in right mm-hmm. it, but but I think that tart is more appropriate to call this than sour because I, mm-hmm. I mean because I think there is a little bit of a line there and I think I, they're on the same spectrum I, I agree for sure. Of course, but but yeah, I mean, I would say that this is just like a slight refreshing tartness, and I, and I dig it. I really like it. So, I would Mr. have to Max. agree, man. This beer is really dope. I think that the fact that it's seven point five percent alcohol is like simply outrageous for how drinkable this beer is. I think it's really awesome. I think they they I think knew how much alcohol they were putting into it. I think probably, <laughs> and tried to like 
not put any sort of other sweeteners into it because so much sweetness was going to come out of that alcohol, but in no way that's going to like affect your, your sugary palate. You know, it's not that kind of sweetness or anything. It's like you said, it's, it's familiarizing yourself with the fruit forward nature of it, with the crispness of it, with the grapes and stuff that are in there. It's that Mm -hmm. kind of sweetness. It's not necessarily sugar. It's just like sweet, but also clear and dry at the same time. It's a great beer. I'm a, Buddy up with you up there. I'm going to say a nine. Okay. That's good. Great. I like this beer a lot. I will actively seek this beer out in the future. Yeah, I'll, if I see it, I I'm, I'm, we'll might buy, buy it. A pack. <laughs> so. You guys you guys went high. And I got I to gotta admit, you influenced me to bump mine up a bit. I'm going to okay. give this one an 8.5. Yeah. Okay. And I want to run through the, the characteristics of this beer real quick. I think the smell immediately got me interested because it smelled like an earthy... Chardonnay and the Chardonnays that are sort of earthy and even like a little funky are the ones that I enjoy and I get really excited because I can see myself actually going to um, someone like a wine drinker and allowing that trait to be the gateway into which they would try this beer out. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. really just think it smells super uh, interesting and I enjoyed that. The taste has just a melon uh, flavor like f- first that that's like the first dig I get from it, and it's just like a really enjoyable um, cold melon taste. It does have some dank hop to it that I really like. Like there is a bitter backbone there that I enjoyed. Um, it is very carbonated. It is yeah. sprightly, as you said, Hunter, and it is it it's the mouth feel is just fantastic, especially for the alcohol percentage, like you guys said. Um, there's a peppery aftertaste, which is just. Not what I expected at all. Like there is some spice to this mm-hmm. beer, which is also really cool. And it is dry. It's sweet and it's tart, but just barely. I mean, it, it finishes crisp because there actually isn't that much sugar. So although the flavors hint at a sweetness, it's not a sweet beer. And this beer is just doing so much and it executes it so well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Yeah. Great. Good. Very complex beer. A lot of things going on it. I, I feel like that. this. It's the first beer that I felt like we had that was like this. I don't know. I I, I can't think of many comparable beers to it, but yeah. the local two I feel like is close. Yeah, the local two. Uh, we did the local one, right? Yeah, maybe it was the local one. Yeah, I the, thought it was. I think the local one is maybe what you're saying because we were rated okay. that one really high as well. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree. It, it is kind of similar. I think this one's maybe a little more fruity, but but yeah, yeah. Very high quality. Well, that has been episode number 81. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Witty Banter is on iTunes. Just search for Witty Banter, hit subscribe, and all of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free. If you don't have iTunes, that's okay because we are on other podcast services. And if you can't find us, just let us know and we'll try to get to where you're getting at. Or you can just go to our website, which is wittybantershow.com, and listen to the episodes there. We are on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is, or Max is at probably Max. Um, yeah, that's everything. So we will see you next time. Take it easy. Yeah, I was just, yeah, yeah, like, we need to go for some longer. I'm putting it all in. So.